Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast from Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to get into God's Word every single day, so we decided to read through the Bible chronologically and talk about it together. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, it's Chelsea, and you're listening to God's Whole Story podcast. I'm here with my co-host Ryan and Lindsay Lotzball, and we are wrapping up Job. It's coming to a close soon. I can it, feel it. It seems like the <laughs> momentum is definitely picking up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't yep. know if it's like, I, yeah. guess, it's, I guess it's our, our friend here. Well, these, these three cycles of Job's friends and Job speaking to each other have come to a close. Job's words ended yesterday. Actually, the line was, Job's words are ended. <laughs> In case you weren't sure. That'd be great if how conversation worked. <laughs> Just Ryan's words have ended. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so now we have Elihu. Uh, coming in and talking to Job and his friends. He's very angry, but he waited until um, they were done talking because he's younger. Culturally, I guess it's important. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really important. Yeah. But um, I was telling uh, Ryan and Lindsay earlier before we started rec- recording that in a class about Job that I had, my professor did not like Elihu, and he said, this guy is not clever or wise. He's verbose. <laughs> talks for a long time with nothing actually to say. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> On his tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> Verbose. Verbose. <laughs> but he has um, a lot of things to say. So what, what stuck out to you guys? He has many words. <laughs> his words are not ended. Not anytime soon. Not nope. quickly. <laughs> what stuck out? I, you know, I can't say that I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm not on team Elihu or Elihu, however you pronounce that. <laughs> Elihu, but I have no faith in my ability to pronounce old names. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not on his team. And I think he he's just like taking Job's other friends' arguments, and he's, he's doubling down. Mm-hmm. He's doubling down with, even if possible, less grace and less mercy and less kindness. You can almost tell, even if it didn't say he was younger, you can almost tell... A lack of maturity. I was thinking the same thing. You're like, you can... This guy's a kid. Sorry, young people, but you can tell this guy is a little bit younger and is like, he's he's got a confidence. Yeah. He's he's got a confidence and it's it's coming... That's a good word for it. It's coming through. Honestly, my goofy thing that I noticed, this may not be worth like a ton of your time. (laughs) It's like, context is really interesting to me. So like we are reading the whole book. So it's like, okay, this guy's not right. This is not the good guy. This is not. But like you could actually take any phrase out of what he's saying and like try to teach it. Like, like, like the old method of like flip it open and pick a passage and that's God's word for you. Like it'd be very easy to actually take some of these things out of context and be like, this is what I'd like to teach from the Bible today. Um, and that's, I mean, seriously, because um, the reason I thought that actually is because it, for, like, I wasn't paying a ton of attention, uh, which is funny because I actually read it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, wait, did he just say that? And I was like, oh, context. Like, <laughs> I, it's kind of dumb. Well, but this whole book is kind of like that. There's, there's it is so like that. much that you could take out because there's like a hint of truth. And there are some things that people say that are true. You see it in other places in the Bible, but the context of what they're saying is like, well, let's like take that with a grain of salt. Just yeah. because it's true doesn't mean it's loving right? yeah. or kind or should be said out loud. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. At that moment, at least. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I do imagine this, like, just guys standing around Job and, like, his house is on fire and, like, his dead kids are out there. And they're just like, you're dumb. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> what a friend. <laughs> what a friend. And it's like a whole town. This town's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were saying that um, – 
you, I, at one point, Elihu is just like, if anyone wants to talk, just go ahead. But he just keeps going. <laughs> he just keeps going. Guys, tip for life. <laughs> Announce you're willing to let other people speak and then keep speaking. <laughs> but yeah, he does not have any more encouraging words for Job, and he does not have any encouraging words for his friends. He just, he's mad at all of them. Yeah. And he'll keep going. Um, and we'll see tomorrow. He has a couple things that it's like, it's interesting to see his perspective on suffering and why there is suffering. Um, but we'll, we'll get back into that tomorrow. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of um, things to just take out of here. But that's like good life application. There is a, the confidence. It actually reminds me of myself when I was younger and maybe now. Uh, Same. That sometimes if I look at my life, I, I do have a knack for sometimes occasionally, very rarely, sticking my foot in my mouth, so to speak, proverbially. <laughs> and you know what? If I look back when I do that and I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oftentimes, the feeling I had before my mouth opened was confidence. Like I was so confident, like, I'm just going to say what needs to be said if no one else is going to say it, or you know what? I see this. And the words that come out of that that sort of kind of uh, self-confidence, basically, I'm so confident in my perspective. It's, I mean, it's just another word for arrogance, honestly. It's not this humility of, hey, I don't know if I'm right, but this is kind of, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I'm hearing or anything. So I do think life lesson from this young man is if you have an over sense of confidence, that might be a just a moment to say, maybe I should just pause and just wait just a little bit because I might be just a little too, I might I might be about to stick my foot in my mouth. I might. I've done it on occasion. If you wrote down everything you said today in a book for people to read a thousand years from now, <laughs> would you be the good guy? <laughs> I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm just picturing this guy kind of like listening to all these people talk, but doing that thing that we all do of just like, like, what am I going to say? Like, what am I going to say in response to this? And not actually listening to what's happening, but he's so eager just to like jump in there. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay, you talked about a little bit before we started recording, like, are we, how we can be uncomfortable with just asking questions and not having answers. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. It, this really reminds me these, the, so much of what is motivating these friends is this thirst for giving an answer. And we all feel that. Like, if someone asks really hard questions, we don't want to leave them with a question, is God good? We want to be like, yes. And sometimes, of course, it's appropriate to step in and just remind people of the truth. But we need to be comfortable with people's questions. And it reminds me of a tragedy that I went through one time where a staff member in my organization uh, died tragically. It was a very traumatic situation, and we ended up bringing in a group of counselors to debrief and just help the group go walk through the grief. And the counselors, the whole day, all they did is they had all our staff members just voice their questions. And they didn't ever give them a response. They didn't give them answers. And I asked the counselors why, you know, why didn't you just jump in there with a scripture verse or something? Like, when's our time to kind of talk? And they said, the most important thing right now is not to have answers. The most important thing is to simply be able to give a voice to our questions. And as soon as you do that, you will find they actually didn't want the answers in the first place. They just wanted to be heard. They just wanted their pain to be felt. And so I think we we don't do that sometimes as Christians well enough. It's just be comfortable. Because sometimes when you ask a question, the next day— you realize someone will remind you of that question. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that's not an issue for me anymore, actually. You, ju- you just needed to voice it. Mm-hmm. And I think Job and 
Elihu, Elihu. He's a good Ellie. Re- <laughs> Ellie. Eli. We'll call him Eli. I like that. Uh, he, he's a good reminder of if he would have just said, Job, I hear you. I'm with you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have been remembered in a slightly different way. <laughs> pretty, pretty kind. <laughs> Me being generous. We would have had better words for him on this podcast. Yes. Because <laughs> you know he was just going for being on this podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> He's like, someday. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening today to God's Whole Story. It has been awesome to have uh, Lindsay with us. Uh, her insights are so great. Um, so we hope you're learning something along with us. Uh, we're just glad you're listening along with us. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Job chapter 32, beginning in verse 1. Job's three friends refused to reply further to him because he kept insisting on his innocence. Job's three friends refused to reply further to him because he kept insisting on his innocence. Then Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite of the clan of Ram, became angry. He was angry because Job refused to admit that he had sinned and that God was right in punishing him. He was also angry with Job's three friends, for they made God appear to be wrong by their inability to answer Job's arguments. Elihu had waited for the others to speak to Job because they were older than he. But when he saw that they had no further reply, he spoke out angrily. Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite, said, I am young, and you are old, so I held back from telling you what I think. I thought those who are older should speak, for wisdom comes with age. But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them, that makes them intelligent. Sometimes the elders are not wise. Sometimes the aged do not understand justice. So listen to me, and let me know what I think. I have waited all this time, listening very carefully to your arguments, listening to you grope for words. I have listened, but not one of you has refuted Job or answered his arguments. And don't tell me he's too wise for us. Only God can convince him. If Job had been arguing with me, I would not answer with your kind logic. You sit there baffled with nothing more to say. Should I continue to wait now that you're silent? Must I also remain silent? No, I will say my piece. I will speak my mind, for I am full of pent-up words, and the spirit within me urges me on. I am like a cask of wine without a vent, like a new wineskin ready to burst. I must speak to find relief, so let me give my answers. I won't play favorites or try to flatter anyone, for if I tried flattery, my creator would soon destroy me. Listen to my words, Job. Pay attention to what I have to say. Now that I have begun to speak, let me continue. I speak with all sincerity. I speak the truth. For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Answer me if you can. Make your case and take your stand. Look, you and I both belong to God. I, too, was formed from clay. So you don't need to be afraid of me. I won't come down too hard on you. You have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard your very words. You said, I am pure. I am without sin. I am innocent. I have no guilt. God is picking a quarrel with me, and he considers me his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks and watches my every move. But you are wrong, and I will show you why. For God is greater than any human being. So why are you bringing a charge against him? Why say he does not respond to people's complaints? For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death. Or God disciplines people with pain on their sickbeds, with ceaseless aching in their bones. They lose their appetite for even the most delicious food. Their flesh wastes away. Their bones stick out. They are at death's door. The angel of death wait for them. But if an angel from heaven appears, 
a special messenger to intercede for a person and declare that he is upright, he will be gracious and say, Rescue him from the grave, for I have found a ransom for his life. Then his body will become as healthy as a child's, firm and youthful again. When he prays to God, he will be accepted, and God will receive him with joy and restore him to good standing. He will declare to his friends, I sinned and twisted the truth, but it was not worth it. God rescued me from the grave, and now my life is filled with light. Yes, God does these things again and again for people. He rescues them from the grave so they may enjoy the light of life. Mark this well, Job. Listen to me, for I have more to say. But if you have anything to say, go ahead. Speak, for I am anxious to see you justified. But if not, then listen to me. Keep silent, and I will teach you wisdom. Then Elihu said, Listen to me, you wise men. Pay attention, you who have knowledge. Job said, The ear tests the words it hears, just as the mouth distinguishes between foods. So let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. For Job also said, I am innocent, but God has taken away my rights. I am innocent, but they call me a liar. My suffering is incurable, though I have not sinned. Tell me, has there been a man like Job, with his thirst for irreverent talk? He chooses evil people as his companions. He spends his life with wicked men. He has even said, why waste time trying to please God? Listen to me, you who have understanding. Everyone knows that God does not sin. The Almighty can do no wrong. He repays people according to their deeds. He treats people as they deserve. Truly, God will not do wrong. The Almighty will not twist justice. Did someone else put the world in his care? Who set the world in place? If God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, all life would cease and humanity would turn again to dust. Now listen to me if you are wise. Pay attention to what I say. Could God govern if he hated justice? Are you going to condemn the almighty judge? For he says to kings, you are wicked, and to nobles, you are unjust. He doesn't care how great a person may be, and he pays no more attention to the rich than to the poor. He made them all. In a moment, they die. In the middle of the night, they pass away. For the mighty are removed without human hand. For God watches how people live. He sees everything they do. No darkness is thick enough to hide the wicked from his eyes. We don't set the time when we will see God in judgment. He brings the mighty to ruin without asking anyone. He sets others in their place. He knows what they do, and in the night he overturns and destroys them. He strikes them down because they are wicked, doing it openly for all to see. For they turned away from following him. They have no respect for any of his ways. They cause the poor to cry out, catching God's attention. He hears the cries of the needy. But if he chooses to reign quiet, who can criticize him? When he hides his face, no one can find him, whether an individual or a nation. He prevents the godless from ruling, so they cannot snare the people. Why don't people say to God, I have sinned, but I will sin no more? Or I don't know what evil I have done. Tell me, if I have done wrong, I will stop at once. Must God tailor his justice to your demands? But you have rejected him. The choice is yours, not mine. Go ahead. Share your wisdom with us. After all, bright people will tell me and wise people will hear me say, Job speaks out of ignorance. His words lack insight. Job, you deserve the maximum penalty for the wicked that you have talked. For you have added rebellion to your sin. You show no respect and you speak many angry words against God.